Hello. Welcome back. It's Jan. This is all that matters. I'm so glad. And if you're here for the first time, welcome, welcome. We're so happy to have you. Thrilled to get so much input uh, in the recent weeks as we've started this, what I like to call the Positivity Podcast. And so happy that so many of you have either written me at jan at jangoldstein.com or checked out my books on jangoldstein.com. I'd love to hear any comments you have or insights or questions. That's fantastic. I hope you'll tell others and point them towards this Positivity Podcast, All That Matters with Jan Goldstein. You know, this week I've been thinking a lot about, oh, how much I'm missing my trees and leaves of Vermont, my native Vermont, and I can't wait to go visit again. And um, also one of my favorite spots is the Berkshires, and um, perhaps you've visited there. Uh, I particularly love a town there called Stockbridge. Norman Rockwell painted there for years, and uh, oh, God, you've got to visit his his museum there and, and check out his art. Wonderful, and um, people are friendly and um, but I I go back years with with Stockbridge and there's a fascinating place there I want to draw your attention to. According to tradition in 1773, there was a fellow by the name of Samuel Papoon and he, uh, he ran a tavern there uh, on the main street corner of Stockbridge, Massachusetts. And over the entrance, he placed the image of a regal lion and this was a tip of the hat to the british who still controlled the colonies but passengers used to come uh, up along on uh, uh, horse-drawn coaches traversing the dusty roads between albany and boston and they would stop at sam's place for a cool draft to quench their thirst and in july of the following year an angry citizenry actually gathered at the tavern to pass resolutions protesting England's repressive acts of intolerance. And it was in Pepoon's courtyard where they determined to boycott the British goods. They raised the defiant flag of liberty in that courtyard and no doubt a few pints of Pepoon's finest. And since those days, the Red Lion Tavern evolved into the Red Lion Inn and it's hosted an eclectic mix of notables among them President Teddy Roosevelt and Eleanor Roosevelt, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Perhaps he wrote a poem in one of those rooms. And there was also a defiant young folk singer at the time, Bob Dylan. Now, the times may have always been a change in, but the magnificent Red Lion Inn has kept faith with the corners of America that is Stockbridge, Massachusetts. History abounds from its rambling white porch overlooking the bustle of Main Street in this quintessential New England village. Now, today's tavern, and I've sat in there many a time, is located in the rear of the inn, and it bears the ambiance, if not the actual timber of its pre-revolutionary origins. And on the side door of the tavern, opening out into Sam Papoon's old courtyard, you're going to find a fascinating list of regulations known as the rules of the tavern. Now, I have an interesting relationship with rules. One of them is I tend to listen to Pablo Picasso when he said, learn the rules of life like a pro so you can break them like an artist. 
Maybe that's what artistry is, is breaking a few rules. Then again, rules can hold us back. F. Scott Fitzgerald writes in The Great Gatsby, and for a moment I thought I loved her, but I am slow thinking and full of interior rules that act as breaks on my desires. I wonder, are there rules that are holding any of us back right now from the person we want to connect with or the person we want to be or from some endeavor or passion we want to pursue? Rules can, a bit like fire, can burn and they can bless. They can destroy and they can bring about illumination. I love what Nora Ephron said uh, at the commencement address of Wellesley College when she was addressing the all-female student body. She said, whatever you choose, however many roads you travel, I hope that you choose not to be a lady. I hope you'll find some way to break the rules and make a little trouble out there. And I also hope that you'll choose to make some of that trouble on behalf of women. Now, as a father of three daughters and an amazing wife and uh, my mother, the poet, um, all these women make me proud of that statement and made me connect with that statement or effort and challenged uh, the women graduating that year. Talking about these rules, I'm harking back to that tavern and they were posted on the outer door um, and you'll find them there to this day. Uh, they list an interesting set of regulations there for the pre-revolutionary days. If you stayed at that tavern, these were the rules. Four pence a night for bed, six pence with potluck, two pence for horsekeeping. No more than five to sleep in one bed. No boots to be worn in bed. Hmm. No razor grinders or tinkers taken in. Huh. No dogs allowed in the kitchen. What? Organ grinders to sleep in the wash house. Hmm, makes sense. Sign Lemuel Cox, innkeeper. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a lot of no's to heed. We no longer use pence in our monetary system. We only elect them or not. But I've never met a razor grinder in my wanderings. And I'm not even sure I want to know what an organ grinder did that landed him in the wash house. But the very existence of these colorful regulations gets me thinking about the kind we might tack up at the entrance to our own life's tavern. Only I'd like our contemporary rules to be filled with affirmations of what we can do, what we ought to do, to make life as good as we want it to be. And that means listening to more yeses, more about allowing possibility in than about keeping experiences and people out. And that brings me to my wife, who is the ultimate person of yeses. She uh, and I were visiting Israel and we're driving up in northern Israel near Tzfat, and there was this incredible spa resort she had read about. And as we're driving by, she says, wait, 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 pull in here. We got to see if we can get a room. This would be fantastic. And we pulled up, we walked in and asked for a room, and the clerk said, oh, I'm so very sorry. We don't have any. We're full up tonight. Could we offer you another date? And I said, no, no, I'm. this is the only time we'll be coming by right now. Um he said, well, I'm so sorry. And Bonnie, 
not giving up, asks again, could you look again? And the clerk looks again. And again, the answer is no. And I said, Bon, let's go. I start walking out. I look back. Of course, my wife is not coming. She is stubborn uh, and does not um, allow for no's to stop her. And I really admire that about her. And I said, Bon, they said no. I'll, I'll wait out at the car. And I wait out the car, five minutes, 10 minutes. And finally I go, oh, come on. And I go back inside. Now she has the manager and she's in dialogue. Are you sure? Maybe somebody's checking out later in the day. I said, Bonnie, the manager was very nice. Said, oh, I'm so sorry, Mrs. Goldstein. But no, no, we don't have a room. I go, Bon, come on, that's it. How many no's do you have to hear? And she said, give me five more minutes. So I went back out, waited calmly in the car. And five minutes became 10 minutes. And I said, this is ridiculous. And finally, I look up. There was a knock on the window. I look up and it's the bellman. Can I get your luggage, sir? I was stunned. And I go back in and there my wife is standing with the president now of the spa resort, who she introduces me to. And he calmly tells us uh, that welcome to their spa resort and that we were being given the bridal suite. I pulled her aside. I said, how did you manage that? And she said something I'll never forget. Well, the answer was no until it was yes. My wife was not giving up, and she's often told me, if you keep getting a no, perhaps you're asking the wrong question. Whatever question she asked caused the president to give us the bridal suite at, might I say, the regular cost of a regular room there. And it was phenomenal. We had a great time. But the answer was no until it was yes. Are there no's you keep getting in life? And maybe you're asking the wrong question. And I'm always reminded whenever I get in a situation like this, maybe I'm asking the wrong question. How do I get to a yes? Now, the rules that I'm talking about, by the way, when I'm talking about the tavern of life, our rules for our soul's years, and a yes is one of those. Uh, perhaps it's a rule to get to a yes. But I, I, I think that these rules ought to be for listening to with our hearts, that we can hear the hope in a single day if we follow them. The sort of rules that remind us that through paying attention to small and natural gifts, like the power of a, the magical lift of a kind word, we're able to drink in ever more fully from life's heady brew. So I'd like to offer the following inspired by the innkeeper, my rules for the tavern of life. Three hugs to start each day. And that means for yourself. Give yourself some self-love. Three hugs. And if you're with a significant other, someone else in your life is there, give them the hug as well. Multiple kisses on any child's boo-boo. I believe in that. Time to be set aside daily for music or meditation. Five minutes of gazing at a full moon each time it appears. Encouragement to be spoken at others to others weekly. The same to your own heart. Two full quaffs from the wonder of life every 24 hours. Whatever that is, two full quaffs of wonder. Moments set aside to listen to the positive in each new day. And maybe that's a little bit what this positivity podcast is. A little bit of that. 
And yes, one more rule, and everyone's allowed in the kitchen, always, dogs included. Actually, I'm reminded of what Shonda Rhimes said when she gave an address to her alma mater, Dartmouth College, in something she called the year of yes. She writes, there is one rule. The rule is there are no rules. Happiness comes from living as you need to, as you want to, as your inner voice tells you to. Happiness comes from being who you actually are instead of who you think you're supposed to be. Don't apologize. Don't explain. Don't ever feel less than. When you feel the need to apologize or explain who you are, it means the voice in your head is telling you the wrong story. Wipe the slate clean and rewrite it. No fairy tales. Be your own narrator. Go for a happy ending. One foot in front of the other. You will make it. You will make it. We will all make it. Here's to a week in which we ask new questions. Find ourselves new rules to live by or no rules at all. Except those that bring us health, bring us hope that fashion the good stuff in life as the core of our own. Until next week, this is Jan Goldstein. I'm glad you've tuned in to All That Matters.